Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie, the Pumpa! What a shot! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, human foreburn. Oh, don't mess with the pooch. But watch this crossover. Bulls bird of free league ghost. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. I'm not. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, I'm not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked on Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app today and join us next week. We did our Locker Room yesterday, had a fun time there doing a little bit of extra mailbag. So go download the Locker Room app right now. Locker Room changing the way we talk about sports. Matt, good to see you again, finally, as we do our second video testing show. Hopefully we've got YouTube ready to rock and roll, maybe even put out an episode tomorrow where people can watch us. But um, not so fun basketball to talk about. How are you? Jordan, what's going on, man? What's up, Bulls Nation? It was a tough one. Um, You you might even say rock bottom for this Bulls season because you lost to the team that you made the trade with on deadline day. You took their best player, the best player in the trade, and uh, it's not like Wendell outperformed Vooch last night. Like, I saw some Bulls fans just going nuts. Like, oh, Wendell, what a great... It's like, Wendell's great game is 19-10. Yeah, no like, come on. Vooch had 29-10. and 10. I, like... There are, there are plenty of issues with this team. And we are aware of them. The bad defense. The lack of a point guard. But nothing about last night's game should be about Vooch and Wendell. We still clearly came out on top in that trade in the immediacy of we got the best player and we have him under contract for a couple more years. I I mean, don't lose the forest for the trees to talk about, oh, Wendell had a, had a nice night last night. The Bulls should not have lost that game and they're floundering right now. And I don't know what Donovan and his crew are going to do. And, you know, the, the added problem that we'll get to a little bit later is now perhaps missing Zach Levine for several more games, but I mean, I don't want anyone overreacting. Yes, it was a bad loss, probably the worst loss of the season, but still, let's try not to overreact to it. I'm glad Donovan addressed it at the end of the game yesterday in post game. It's like, why does this team suddenly feel like that 
on nights where they're playing teams like Orlando or they're playing teams like Toronto, who is down men. Like all of these teams, the Bulls should 110% beat. They act like, oh, okay, we're just going to go out there and win the game. And then you get your ass kicked like they did against the Magic last night. The Magic came out with way more energy than this Bulls team did. I just don't understand the mindset of players right now on this team. It's like if you guys are really pushing to make the playoffs, every win counts. I don't understand that mentality, and I'm glad Billy Donovan is seeing it. It's not just us. Yeah. Um, it, you know, his comments about the, you know, this this team's record is this. Uh, this is one of the worst teams. And saying, well, let's turn that on ourselves and ask, well, where, where are we? Because it's not like we're some great team that we can come in and get victimized by a trap game. It's like we there there should be no trap games for the Bulls. You're you're nine games after last night, ten games under five hundred. He said, uh, "I think there's sometimes this perception this team is vying for a championship. No, we're not. Uh, we've got to build those habits. We haven't built them on a consistent level. I don't look at it at all like Minnesota's record, Orlando's record. We don't have that luxury." You know what? Is Orlando saying the same thing about us? Is Minnesota saying the same thing about us? That's the correct way to look at it. Because their veteran leader, Thad Young, after the game said, yeah, we came out flat. You can't play nine minutes of desperation comeback basketball and expect to win if you spent the first 39 minutes playing like junk. And he said, like, we just all kind of rolled out of bed and showed up because we had to go to work that day. That's kind of the vibe he felt. In, you know, it, uh, on the bench between the third and fourth quarters. So that's not okay. He's singled guys out too in the past, man. Like, we've seen it. The bench rolls for guys when they're struggling, but also guys who aren't giving energy all the time when they're on the floor. Donovan set examples for individuals, but I don't think he's really addressed this as a team as a whole yet. So it was good to hear that for once, but at the same time, it still doesn't answer a lot of the questions that I think people are having right now with this team is without Zach scoring a million points for you, and even when he does that against the Hawks, you still don't win. Not having a consistent rotation, not having another scoring option consistently. Vooch and Zach are doing great, but it's not enough. On top of that, the nights that the offense isn't working and the defense is, you have nights where it's vice versa. The defense isn't working, the offense is. I don't know how they solve this problem, and especially like you just had mentioned and alluded to, which we need to talk about, the fact that you're going to probably be missing Zach for at least two weeks now. Where does that put the Bulls two weeks from now, having to get Zach back as well? It's a mess that couldn't have come at a worse time for this Bulls team right now. You know, it, it definitely begs the question of, was there some ulterior motive that AK and Eversley had? Compared to just we're going to go and acquire an all-star at the trade deadline and try and, you know, leapfrog a, a couple of teams and, and punch our ticket to the playoffs and not just to play in? Or were they anticipating that this was certainly a possibility that the new players were going to need some time to adjust? This NBA season schedule has not been kind to teams as far as allowing enough time for practices. The Bulls were supposed to have their first practice in a long time today, and it had to get canceled because of COVID health and safety protocols. So maybe they saw that this was going to be a rocky transition, uh, especially given the fact that they were playing 9 of 10 on the road coming out of trade deadline day, uh, a lot of playoff-bound uh, you know, quality of opponents, and that this was a possibility. They did get those protections on the picks they sent to Orlando in the Vooch trade. So maybe they do recalculate 
uh, sometime in the next week or so, depending on how this next week of games goes, if Zach is out for at least a week and they continue to drop these games. Uh, you, you know, as our old pal John Paxson would say, hope and luck are not a strategy or a plan. So just try to tank your way towards getting that top four protected pick and getting lucky in the lottery. Okay, but if it doesn't go well, where are you? Luck and hope are not a strategy or a plan. Thank it, you, John. It makes me wonder, and maybe you are into something, man. I didn't think about the protections until it was brought up yesterday on our mailbag. And now I've been thinking over the last 24 hours even more so than that. Maybe they said, okay, we'll trade for the star, put protections on this pick. We know this team might have a difficult road in the second half. Play our odds and see what happens. Like That's still a reality, which is crazy to say. Is that the Bulls could end up with a top four pick, keep their pick, and still have Vooch. That's a possibility, not one we all should bank on by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm concerned, man, and it's just frustrating again. When things were going right for this team this year, it's just it's a kick in the nuts, I'll be honest with you, having to lose Zach for two weeks at a critical point in the season and could be a turning point. So where do you think that they go from now? Do you still try to be competitive every single game and try to win as many games as possible and see where you're at in two weeks? Or I don't know, I just don't have an answer right now. I, I don't have a clear answer either. Um, we, we got there's there's lots to break down with this Zach Levine news, so we will do that uh, and continue to do that in just a second. First though, Jordan, shout out to those folks at RockAuto.com. Today's episode of Locked On Bulls brought to you in part by RockAuto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics as do it and do it yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and doesn't even require membership or account logins. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything. Engine control, modules, and brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You want to know what the Bulls have done the last four games, like in terms of how they stack up against the NBA as a whole? Like, it pisses me off that... I, no, I don't think I want to know. <laughs> I'm about to tell you, at least from the offensive standpoint... You let the Orlando Magic, who are the second worst in scoring in the NBA as a team, score 100 points easy. They're averaging 101.3 points per game over the last four games. They're 1-3. They're the second least amount of scoring in the NBA right now over that stretch. The Bulls are bottom five. They're 105.3. Orlando sucks, man, and we made them look like as if they were the Dynasty Warriors last night. We made Michael Carter-Williams look like he was an all-star fucking point guard last night. And shout out to him, too. Did you see that ugly roll that he had on his ankle? I don't want to see any dude get hurt, but that was nasty, man. I'm I'm glad he got up and was okay again. But still, we made Michael Carter-Williams look like he was a fucking all-star last night. Yeah, that's never good. I mean, he he did still have some classic MCW clankers, just absolute yes, bricks from behind the three-point line. Um, but yeah, I, I did feel momentarily bad for laughing at his existence and the fact that MCW is still in this league. Um, 
and, and then I felt a little bit bad when he rolled his ankle, but turned out he was fine. He triggered off and he kept playing. And then, yeah, I felt even worse about the fact that he was making us look bad. Like, that guy used to be a punchline for Bulls fans being like, oh, my God, I can't believe we went out and, like, traded to get that guy on our squad. And he pretty much, his Bulls tenure, was one giant joke. I mean, he played like crap when he did play. I I can't believe, like, I laughed when I saw him out there on the court. And I was like, oh, my God, this dude's actually still playing in the NBA. And then he he made the Bulls look bad on more than one occasion. I, I mean, this team's defense is... I don't even know where to begin, Jordan. I mean, you laid out some of those stats about how bad the Orlando offense has been recently and all season long. How do you let a team like that? I, I can understand getting worked by the better offensive teams in the league, but this Bulls defense, man, some, something's got to give. Over the last four games, Orlando is second worst in field goal percentage as a team at 43.5%. They are shooting 29% from three. That is good for second worst in the NBA over that stretch. I just, oh. you let, let me ask a regular NBA fan if they have any idea who James Ennis III is. He scored 20 last night. Yeah. I don't My understand guy, that he's putting him on the Ish Smith all NBA all-stars. <laughs> Just those guys <laughs> who come in and randomly work the bulls. And you're like, who the hell is this? Dude? Alex Len can be a but, center on that team because Alex Len yeah, absolutely works the bulls every single time they play. So uh, I just don't understand it, Matt. And, we're gonna Billy Donovan's gonna have to be creative with his lineups going forward, especially without Zach. Speaking of without Zach, initial thoughts when you got that update a couple of hours ago that Zach will be now missing the next couple of weeks. I I was worried to say the least, and actually I got a text from somebody uh, about an hour or so before that Casey Johnson tweet about practice being canceled for health and safety co- protocols without mentioning Zach's name at first. I got a text saying, hey, man, I heard from somebody that Zach might be about to enter health and safety protocols. So like a two degree of separation source that I will maintain their anonymity, um, like the first degree. I don't even know who the second degree was, but I got like a random hot tip on that. And then sure enough, there was that tweet from Casey Johnson that was like, yeah, uh, practice canceled today. And then maybe... 20 minutes, 30 minutes after that Casey Johnson tweet, we got the Woj bomb that it was, in fact, Zach Levine entering health and safety protocols. You brought up the interesting point uh, before we started recording that it was weird to see Zach not shoot at all in like eight plus minutes in the third quarter last night. Um, After having a really hot start in the first half, he was knocking down his shots. And all of a sudden it was like, wait, what? You know, the Bulls are, are floundering here. We're letting the Orlando Magic open up a 20-point lead against us, and Zach isn't taking any shots. What's up with that? Like, was Zach feeling under the weather last night? Is he awaiting a COVID test right now because he's suffering from some symptoms that have even some overlap with COVID symptoms? I don't know, man. Until we learn more, I don't want to, you know, dive way too deep into the weeds of, of speculation, but... It, it sounds like he will be out and miss at least the next couple of games, if not more. So well, knowing us, how important Zach is to this team, that's not good. It gives us a good idea because, yeah, that was my first question last night was, what's going on with Zach? Why isn't he shooting? Is this like 
maybe a little bit of saltiness and a glimpse for the fan base to take a look and say like, hey, I I was getting criticism when I dropped 50 and we lost to the Hawks because of a couple of possessions that late at the end of the game. Understandably mm-hmm. so, that's fine. But I wonder if this was, I was at the time yesterday, I was wondering, is this Zach just saying, F it. You want to see how this team scores and performs when I don't shoot the ball? Take a look. That's how I mm-hmm. felt. But then hearing this a little bit more makes sense. So something was clearly going on. And not to mention the fact that I don't think his ankle's 100% still, man. Like, as much strain as he's put on and as much minutes as he's played this season, I still don't believe that that ankle is 100% either. So you have all these combined factors. It's unfortunate luck for this Bulls team who desperately needs their star here in order to kind of change this, this weird losing ways that the Bulls have gone into since the second half of the season started. Yeah, man. When he came back from the ankle, I it felt to me like it was a little too soon because you could tell that it was bothering him because there was a stretch of games where he was clearly playing through a bad ankle because he wanted to be there for his teammates. He wanted to be on the floor so he and Vooch could develop some kind of chemistry after the trade. But anytime he went through a play where the, the ankle was tweaked even in the slightest way, you could see it noticeably bothering him, limping, hobbling back on defense, grimacing, uh, and not putting a whole lot of weight on it. And he took off one game, maybe two games. And then I, I was like, man, you and I were sitting here saying, if you give Zach a couple extra games of rest so that he is fully healthy and that ankle is fully healthy and healed – by the time they need to be capitalizing on the back end of their schedule to try and punch their ticket to at least the play-in tourney, that seemed like the more logical way to go. And now you might have to question whether or not it was a bad decision to have him out there for this this stretch of games and, and whether the ankle is still a problem. I don't think the ankle and him entering health and safety protocols are in all at all related. Like I, I don't think that the Bulls are masking anything and pretending – that it's health and safety protocols when it's really his ankle because I I don't see why they would have any motivation to do that. Yeah, just the combination of the fact the two factors I think gives me more of an answer about what happened last night and why he wasn't shooting more so than the fact that those two might be related. Um, at least I mean on the bright side, man, him not playing for for two weeks now will give him the opportunity to rest that ankle should he be able to be cleared, uh, maybe even cleared sooner than that. But still, I I think this is an important stretch for this Bulls team in terms of defining what their future is going to be this season, what this season is going to be. And other guys are just going to have to step up now. If you really want to make the playoffs, and some of these guys do, if you're really hungry about that, then fix it. Find a way to win games without Zach. We talked about that even before the Booch trade. Find ways to win without Zach. And they're going to have to. They're going to have to over the next couple of weeks, man. So uh, it's unfortunate. And we'll continue to watch this team. And they play the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow. We see them again. So um, we will have a preview of that. But want you guys to uh, take a listen to our overtime conversation of Mailbag at the end of this episode. Before we do that, want to tell you quickly about our friends at betonline.ag. Well, you're finding that betonline.ag read, Jordan. If I swear, the first person I see on Bulls Twitter, if the Bulls manage to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers Don't and Zach is out and say, and say, oh, not a winning player. Look, they finally win. They finally end their losing streak while Zach's sitting. Trade Zach. The first person I see on Twitter doing that, I'm, I'm reporting your ass. Is that who they're playing? They're playing Cleveland? 
I thought it was Memphis. So they got a rematch against Memphis tomorrow night, and then Saturday, second night of the back-to-back, they play Cleveland. So I I, I won't even entertain that. I I really won't even entertain it. Uh, You you know those tweets are coming if the Bulls get a win on Friday or Saturday, though. Cowie's got the biggest spoon, too, and he's just ready to stir that pot this (laughs) weekend. So uh, before we go to— It's not a spoon. It's a ladle. That's true. (laughs) I, I hey, I give him credit. He gets Bulls fans fired up for no reason, and I I am entertained most of the time. Uh, before we go to the mailbag segment, and thanks for everybody who's listened and who joined us on locker room yesterday. I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Baseball is back to Carlos Rodon with his no no yesterday. I'm sure a lot of betting fans out there that had the socks uh, or had some pitching problems on Carlos Rodon uh, came out on top yesterday. You can do that. You could bet on the NBA. You could bet on the Bulls if you want tomorrow night. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. All right, we'll go to uh, our extension mailbag. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listened to today's episode. We will be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Make sure you download the Locker Room app so you can join us for our conversation next week. But if you got a burning bull's thought this weekend, hit us up there. Or even tomorrow, we might have a chance to grab a couple mailbag questions before we wrap up the week. For Matt Peckham, Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Uh, We're going to kick it off with a voicemail here. So if you do want to ask a question, request to speak or drop it in the chat and we will address it. We'll be here for the next 10 or 15 minutes or so, depending on how good the questions are and uh, how long you guys want to stick around. So um, we're going to play a voicemail, one that we didn't get to on today's podcast, uh, but exclusive for you guys. So uh, take a listen. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Matt. This is Sam from L.A. I had a couple questions. I had a question about any other playmakers you think the team can add. you know, Acme, uh, Arturis was talking about how, you know, playmaker doesn't mean playing guard. You know, you have Thad, you have Sadoransky, you have Vucevic. But, you know, we have all this talk about Lonzo. Are there any other playmakers we're not talking about? Uh, anybody that could possibly play any of the five positions, but can also be, a, you know, solid playmaker that can enhance the team. Um, you know, other than that, it's great to see Vucevic, you know, dropping these double doubles and, uh, you know, making things easier for the squad. And, uh, you know, just happy to see the team getting some Ws and hopefully we uh, I, uh, we can make it out of this playing tournament and make we get higher at the playoff season. Well, other than that, go Bulls. Matt, your thoughts. We discussed this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. I think leading up to the trade deadline, we talked about playmaking potential options for the Bulls if they don't sign. Like, I always caveat this with not signing Lowry Markinen because that's going to be the bulk of the money the Bulls are going to have to play with should they decide not to bring him back. If they bring him back, the Bulls don't have really have any cap space left to play with. They can make some moves, but it's not going to be readily available when the start of free agency hits. That being said, though, say the Bulls do want to go out and add a playmaker. Maybe it doesn't have to be at the point guard position. Is there anybody that you're kind of eyeing on as your wish list starts over the next couple of months leading to free agency? Well, obviously, I mean, I think anytime you have this conversation, you got to start with Lonzo. Um, But because this free agent class in 2021 has dried up so severely, 
a lot of teams that had put some money in the banks, put some money aside uh, as far as their salary cap, and some teams even managing to do that in the um, unexpected a plateau of said salary cap instead of these recent significant increases annually because the league is doing so well because of COVID, uh, you know, even with that teams have managed to put themselves in position to have a lot of money to spend this summer because teams were looking at the 21 free agent class saying, you know, licking their lips saying, Oh my gosh, look at all these great options. Now I think there is going to be a much higher level of competition among potential suitors for restricted free agents, many of whom are just guys who are ending their rookie contracts and looking for a fresh start elsewhere. Lonzo, chief among them. Um, Because it's either that or it's guys who are, you know, journeymen NBA vets that will also probably, like some of these restricted free agents ending their rookie uh, contracts, command heavier price tags because these teams have money to spend and the big names are gone. Um, You know, like uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a name that I think comes up every once in a while with Bulls fans who I would absolutely love. I think we talked about him recently, Jordan, as far as like who would be more expensive between him and I'm I'm forgetting who is the other player we were talking about. Trying to think. I'm trying to think of the list of guys that I would put together as far as like, like number one on my wish list that's realistic is DeMar DeRozan, man. Like, DeMar DeRozan would be perfect. That's the third star you add to Vooch and Zach if that's truly what this Bulls team is going to be over the next three to five years. Convince him to come here on a two-year deal, one and one. He's get, he gets a player option for that final year, and it lines up perfectly with Zach and Vooch still if he wants to kind of leave his options open. Long-term, I think it fits for the Bulls, too, in terms of short-term and long-term. Obviously, he's going to have, like, three or four other teams asking for his services, but it, at least... At least it makes me stay positive about adding a player like that because he did indicate that he wants to go to the Eastern Conference. That would be a guy at the top of my list. He doesn't shoot the three very well, but if you're talking about a playmaking guard, that's the guy. If you're talking about somebody with star caliber, playoff experience, that's the guy. Uh, Kyle Lowry, too, although I think that's very unlikely for this Bulls team. Yeah, I was going to bring up Kyle Lowry's name, a guy who many expected to be moved at the deadline and wasn't. So now most people are anticipating that he will make his uh, long-awaited departure from Toronto this offseason. Um, you know, another name that I always love floating out there is Patty Mills. Um, you know, if he moves on from San Antonio. Spencer Dinwiddie, former Bull. Um, Goran Dragic. I don't know if we could pry him away from Miami, and he probably wouldn't come cheap either. Uh, and d- dare I say it? Dare I say the name of a a very big former Bulls player, fan favorite. I get heat because I've turned down the idea of his return, but he'll be a free agent this summer Don't too. Don't say it. Don't say it. The sharks are swimming, Jordan. The, the, the road stands are coming. Of course it is. I knew you were going to say that. How long have we gone without actually having a Derrick Rose to Chicago conversation? I know. That's why I brought it up. (laughs) It's been a couple of months, man. It's been like he he got dealt to New York and then all of a sudden he's with Tibbs now. And it's like, okay, no more conversations about that until he's pried away of Tibbs's hands. That's an interesting one. Tommy in in locker room brings up Dennis Schroeder. I was actually looking at Dennis Schroeder too. He might be a little bit expensive though, considering the impact he's had on that Lakers team. But 
it's funny, his game is a lot like Rajon Rondo's game is, and he'd be the perfect playmaking guard off the bench too. But again, a lot of these guys that we are talking about also don't exactly plug one of the other problems that this Bulls team is having is shooting threes at a consistent basis, having that offensive option. But if you're just looking for a pure playmaker, uh, a veteran off the bench, I don't mind Schroeder. I don't mind Patty Mills. Like, man, I'll throw a name at you too that we talked about a couple of years ago that's not super flashy, but he could do the things that the Bulls want him to do. That being Alfred Payton, man. I mean, he's a guy that can rebound. He can assist. He's a terrible outside shooter. But that would yeah. be another guy at a buy low option that would plug a hole at least short term. But again, that's not going to get Bulls fans super excited this summer if that's your your marquee. Fill the point guard position with Alfred Payton. People are going to be very upset by that. Yeah, and you know, uh, I love Schroeder. I think he's a really good player. I think he could actually fit pretty nicely. Um, with Zach, you might have some questions about his defense. I think his defense is fine. Nothing, you know, nothing wonderful. Um, but, you know, certainly better than Kobe White's defense, I think. Uh, th- the other element there is, you know, if he decides that he wants to leave L.A., whether they get things together, if, if LeBron AD get healthy, they win a title, and Schroeder's like, cool, I'm, I'm out. I want to go somewhere else and be the guy. He reportedly, remember, earlier, it was just like, uh, towards the end of March, we got that report that he turned down an extension and a pretty lucrative one at that from the Lakers. I think it was, if I'm remembering correctly, four years, $84 million. So he turned down an extension from the Lakers where he'd be making $21 million annually over the next four years. Like, like you said, won't come cheap. And I'm sure that there will be many teams vying for his services this summer. Uh, Colin on Locker Room says, uh, the one thing that this team doesn't really need from the point guard position is being a threat from deep. I think I kind of would push back on that a little bit. No, like think about the point guards that we've had over the last couple of seasons. Granted, think about their teammates too, but the point guard position has not been strong on this Bulls team in terms of taking shoot and shooting threes at a consistent basis. Like outside of Kobe last year coming off the bench, who else has been our most consistent point guard option shooting threes? Haven't really had one, have we? Uh, I mean, not really. Sato is very streaky. I know, uh, and I haven't checked since his little recent mini slump in these past few games, but prior to that, he was shooting over 40% from downtown this season. Um, but he's not that reliable. He's definitely streaky. Um, it's a lot of guys who don't take threes in a mass quantity, right? It's yeah. guys who maybe are taking two or three attempts a game and they're making one, one and a half a game. So their percentage is like 37 to 40%. I'm not talking about guys like that. I'm talking about guys like taking six, seven, eight threes a game. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with the fact that you don't need certainly need that guy on this team, but the bulls need somebody who can shoot at a clip of over 35% from the point guard position. Otherwise, right. they're just going to sag off of the point guard and that creates a whole other mess of problems. Right. And, and and in in this era of NBA basketball, I think you got to have four shooters on the floor. Uh and the only ways that you can get away with that is if you have three shooters on the floor. And the other two on the floor who aren't shooters are elite in some other category. You know, whether it be an elite rim protector like a Rudy Gobert or an elite playmaker like Ben Simmons. Those guys aren't threats behind the three-point line, but they are invaluable in other elements to what is still important to win NBA games today. So that is the only player that I think, not those two specifically, but just, you know, broadly speaking – 
players that are elite in some way other than shooting is the only way you can get away with only having three shooters on the floor. So if you're talking about a down-the-road starting lineup that involves Zach Levine, Vooch, P-Dub, those three, if P-Dub continues to show confidence to take those shots, his high-arcing threes, and knock them down, there's three shooters right there. So if you're fourth and fifth, one of them is a point guard who's an excellent playmaking point guard who might not be a huge threat behind the three-point line, that's okay if that fifth and final piece, in addition to Zach, Vooch, and P-Dub, can be a threat to knock down threes. Not necessarily an elite three-point shooter, but someone that our opponents' defenses have to at least keep an eye on when they are playing off the ball at the perimeter. Let me throw one quick uh, hypothetical trade at you before we get out of here on Locker Room. And if you've got a question before we jump off on Locker Room, uh, drop it in the chat or request to speak if you want to jump on really fast. Uh, Matt, this comes from the 562. Uh, It is a screenshot from looks like Bleacher Report, and it has the Atlanta Hawks receiving Kobe White. It has the Bulls receiving Cam Reddish, a 2021 second-round pick via Miami, and a 2023 second-round pick via Portland. Uh, This would give you the opportunity to essentially add another Add some more depth at the wing position. Cam Reddish, a lot of people, a lot of Bulls fans really loved him coming out of the draft as well. And you add a couple of picks coming back in the future that you lost by at the trade deadline. Do you think that's buying? Do you think that's selling low on Kobe White? Do you think that's buying high on Cam Reddish? Where do you kind of sit on a deal that does it benefit both sides? Really benefit each either team? Oh man. Um so Kobe for Cam in two seconds. I I might be tempted to take that buy low on Cam Reddish and see if he can find that potential that everyone saw in him. You know, like he he ended up falling to what tenth, right? In in the 2019 draft, um, and, and a lot of people thought he uh, might go earlier yeah. than that. I, I, and maybe it's just that I am so falling out of love with Kobe in this recent stretch of games where. You just see him making these bad decisions, bad turnovers. Um, you know, somebody uh, that was on with Outcast with us the other night was saying he just he's just trying too hard and he's making all these mistakes. Maybe it's because I have I am so disillusioned by uh, Kobe recently that I would be considering this. What about you? Where where do you stand right now on on this proposal? I don't think Bulls fans should give up on Kobe. I know he's had a frustrating season, but. Listen to the context of everybody else that's talked about him, like around the league. Listen to how listen to how people talk about Kobe White and his skills and his potential outside of just our Chicago bubble, right? And, and that's it, it's hard to do sometimes. It's hard for us to do that sometimes. But I feel in the similar vein about Kobe White that maybe some felt about Markinen or felt about Carter, where it's like don't give up on him. I think just Kobe's having a rough year, rough year figuring out what his role is on this team, rough being can. You know, having the first time it really in his career where he struggled shooting, I'm not that high on Cam Reddish, man. I still am not that high on Cam Reddish. And I'll be honest with you, there was an NBA insider a couple of weeks ago at the trade deadline that we had on the score. I believe it was Brian Geltziler. He said that all indications he's heard about Cam Reddish 
since the draft is Cam Reddish is a guy who goes off of just purely talent. He isn't a hardworking player per se. Somebody who's going to be in the gym. He's sort of a nine to five type of player, which is fine. You can do that in the NBA. Otto Porter showed that you can get paid a shitload of money in this league by just doing that. But that's not the type of player or the type of mold of guy that I think the Bulls would want. No. And I mean, like, you know, before somebody calls me crazy, I'm not in love with Cam Reddish by any stretch. I was basically just saying that I'm so out of love with Kobe at this point that like, hey, we still need a wing. If we're going to eventually have Pete up be our starting four, who's going to be this team's wing? It's Otto's gone. It ain't Hutch. It ain't Denzel. Who's it going to be? You know, I don't think Garrett Temple is a long-term guy. Um, Troy Brown Jr., maybe. Now that we got him in the trade. But you can never have too many wings in, in today's NBA. And we have, like, none. We have had no, no good wings over the last <laughs> few years. And so maybe it's just that and the fact that I want to finally just have an answer to that position for this Bulls team. But, I mean, if you just look at it honestly, Cam Reddish has been bad. Like, downright bad in his first two NBA seasons. Between fighting injuries, he's out right now with an Achilles. Those always scare you. Um, you know, I think they said yesterday he's going to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. But last season, his rookie season, he started 58 or he, he started 34 games, played 58. In 27 minutes per game, he shot 38% from the field, 33% from downtown on four and a half takes per game. This season, he's somehow gotten worse. In his 26 games this season, he's shooting 36.5% from the field and 26% from downtown. We just got rid of that player. His name is Chris Dunn. I, I don't think we need him back. No, you're right. You're 100% right. And uh, I think a lot of Bulls fans were in love with the Cam Reddish and still have this, like, glossy-eyed, like, oh. Oh, yeah. Do, do you remember? Like, we got heat back when we were analyzing that draft class for being like, Cam yeah. Reddish, uh, there were some Cam Reddish lovers in Bulls Nation. Yeah, we got killed for not taking him in our mock draft, too, and letting him slide. And he ended up sliding to 10, too. And look, Atlanta's, a, again, we just talked about situations. Atlanta's a very weird situation with all of the wings that they have. And they just decided to, like, throw all their money at, like, four or five different wings this season. And they're letting vets play uh, over Cam Reddish this season. It's maybe a new circumstance for him would help, but... Um, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Atlanta being a trade partner this summer, though, uh, because they have a lot of enticing pieces that I think could help the Bulls and vice versa for Atlanta, too. So that's it's an interesting topic because I think it's going to be brought up again at some point uh, this summer. Matt, let me address one thing really quick uh, before we jump out of locker room. Uh, This is from Colin again. He said, just wanted to say the other thing. The other thing point guard needs to do on offense specifically is is be able to draw a double team because of his because of their mid-range or their floater then they can dish out to a team uh, a teammate that's in single coverage or wide open like Vooch inside or an open shooter behind the arc. I think the when the Bulls play their best Thomas Sadoransky sort of does this for this team but when he can't find an open lane to the basket it it clogs a lot of other things and you see Zach Levine has struggled up mightily with being able to to reduce his turnovers without getting double teamed. Now the last couple of games, we're seeing him getting blitzed and double teamed left and right. He's really struggling with that too. So it would be nice. I do agree with Colin completely on that. Um, And he also follows up by saying, keep Kobe. He's going to be a B plus or better player. And um, 
at worst, I think I agree with him. At worst, a backup rotation guard. And so if that's the the floor that we're setting on Kobe, I'm okay with allowing him to develop. Believe me, like what we saw his rookie year is the same way I felt about marking it. It's like there's still something inside of him that we saw that means high ceiling. And that's why like it's going to pain me to watch Morkin and walk this summer. But the, the more games I watch, the more I feel that way, man. Um, and I hope for success for him too, but it's just going to be tough to watch him succeed somewhere else. Yeah, man. I feel you on that. Um, I, I, like I, I haven't completely given up on Kobe being uh, a useful piece. And maybe that's a useful piece here. Um, it's just become uh, frustratingly apparent to me recently that he is not, I think, the player that most Bulls fans wanted him to be. Um, and hey, you know, <laughs> welcome to the party. We've said the same about Lowry and Wendell. So um, it's just, uh, you know, a good reminder that the new front office inherited a bunch of crap from the old guys. So thanks, John. Thanks, Car. <laughs> Uh, thanks for everybody that's hung out with us on Locker Room here. We would do this again next week. We'll probably go full episode next week on Locker Room so you can hang out with us for 30, 45 minutes. Uh, but again, anybody listening to this on the overtime version of the podcast, uh, make sure you download the Locker Room app and join us next week. Uh, make sure to subscribe to podcasts. Get our podcast wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts so you know when we drop them first. Thanks again for hanging out with us on Locker Room. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Talk to you guys later. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to Locked on Bulls dot com. Thanks a lot.